Welcome to Tech Talks in 20. I'm Michael Logan. And I'm Ginger Conlon. Ginger, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite game you play on your phone? Oh, well, that's a good question, but let's just take a, a walk back to my original favorite game. Back in the Blackberry days, I really only had one choice. There was right? only that, one choice. Yeah, I know. I know what it was. Is it Brick Breaker or something like was, that? It yeah, was, Brick Breaker. So you had one. That was it. We're probably wrong about that. We'll hear about how wrong we are. But I'm not going to go find my old BlackBerry <laughs> and plug it in and see if it still works. But I, I, I kept that one. It's still sitting around somewhere. You're right, though. It was just one game. And that's a, that seems kind of odd now, right? Because I think if you go to any app store on any device now, you have many options you have page after page and you can scroll forever on all the options and games you can play that are very complex and detailed and that just speaks to how the technology for downloading that media has kind of changed quickly wouldn't you say absolutely i mean you think about this full spectrum of of apps beyond games with with just your phone right your phone does all of these things but it doesn't do everything so if you want to play a game you need to download the app if you want to do um you know take recorded notes that you can then immediately upload to a transcription service that's a different kind of app than yeah. what's on the phone so there's all these opportunities to make that phone even better and answer right. more things for you i've got my own email app i'm specific about which email provider i have so i have my own email not my own server or anything along those lines, but I have a very specific vendor for email and that's all I use. So yeah, I could see. And that you you would think that that would translate to, you know, that capability would translate to a, a CX center. Wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you have a platform and it's going to have a lot of great stuff, but you still need apps. I think we should find out more about that. I think you're right. And we have a special guest we have Sam Rector, Senior Product Marketing Manager for Genesis Cloud CX, and he is the man who knows all the things about app marketplaces. And at some point, we'll try to figure out what kind of apps he likes, too. Yeah. Let's talk to him about apps with, as it relates to CX solutions. All right. Let's jump in. Welcome, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you do for Genesis. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me, first of all. Uh, my name is Sam Rector. I'm a product marketing uh, manager here at Genesis, mainly working kind of on our platform capabilities. And one of our, I mean, core platform capabilities, we consider it is our marketplace. So that's what kind of brings me here today. Awesome. Well, we're so, we're, we are so glad to have you. And um, let's kick off with the big question. So here you are using this tool that has a full suite of apps, it's a platform, it's got all these things. But then, you know, why, why more apps? So yeah, you know, marketplaces and the ISV partner apps on them, you know, they're often seen as a way for a company to fill the white space within the platform. So I, I totally get your question, Ginger. It's definitely not my first time hearing it. I think, though, that what it really comes down to is, is three things. First, with a single platform, no matter how extensive the capabilities are or, you know, you can't possibly provide technology for 
every business requirement, every unique use case, every vertical specific process right out of the box or right out of the cloud, like we like to say. You know, for example, I used to work um, at a small ISV vendor that was in the QuickBooks marketplace. And QuickBooks, you know, is an accounting platform mainly for small to medium sized businesses. The application was, it's very niche, but it you know, ended up being very popular. And basically, it did the exact same thing as QuickBooks, but from a more manufacturing industries lens. Same back-end technology, essentially the same feature set, but different UI and you know workflow processes that lend itself to have a specific industry you know like it operate. And you know to go with that, and, and this is something that we continue to find with our own marketplace partners here at Genesis is that their teams, their people are experts, right? Experts in those unique use cases, those niche vertical specific processes. Because they have such a specific area of expertise, they become such invaluable partners, you know, as we work together to improve a company's, you know, customer and employee experiences. And finally, you know, the last point I'll make is it's a huge factor in your ability to become a composable business. I think we are going to get into kind of the topic of composability and a composable business a little later on in the show. But what it really comes down to is with today's ever-changing market conditions and, you know, shifting expectations from customers and even employees, we've talked to CIOs and business leaders and even analysts that are quickly recognizing the strategic value of pairing a flexible platform with a global marketplace because it gives them, you know, literally turnkey innovation that can be turned on, turned off, and adapted in real time to whatever the world the market, their customers, or even their own employees are throwing at them, right? Enterprise marketplaces really help you operate at this, you know, increasing speed of change that specifically the CX world finds ourselves in. Well, if things are changing quickly and they need to adapt quickly, and that means going with a different application outside of what's available to them and in, in the, in the standard all-encompassing one, how do you evaluate all that? How do you go through the process of figuring out what's the best vendor to consider in a marketplace? Because you don't have a relationship with them, and they but they are in the marketplace. So what what would you, how would you suggest approaching that? Yeah, you know, well, be, before we even get into how you should evaluate a marketplace, I would say to those listening that the marketplace of a potential software vendor or platform should be. 1,000% be a sizable chunk of your evaluation or RFI process of that original, you know, platform buy, right? You know, at Genesis, we believe, and I think if you talk to Gardner, they'd echo similar thoughts that an app marketplace is really like a fourth of that platform puzzle, right? Product, market, ecosystem, which oftentimes a marketplace is really just a vehicle for connecting your ecosystem uh, in development or developer tools. And again, a marketplace is oftentimes the vehicle to deliver those marketplace tools. Um, so, you know, one fourth, you know, 25% is a larger portion of the evaluation and thought process or time than I think many companies use, you know, when evaluating the marketplace. So if you're going to make one, if you're going to take one takeaway from this TED talk, it's to devote a larger portion of your evaluation process to the platform's marketplace next go around. Um, 
But you know, back to your original question, how should you evaluate an app marketplace? First, I'd consider what ecosystem vendor solutions are already available in the marketplace and map those out to what your current, you know, what's currently in your architecture, right? It, it really takes a free-flowing architecture that passes data, intent, you know, intelligence across the organization to execute on whatever your business is trying to achieve, especially great customer experiences. And you know, eliminating technology and data silos is probably step number one to becoming a composable business because it helps bridge you know, that communication divide between the business and IT that will hopefully lead to the concept of co-creation you know, down the road. Uh, second, it's important to recognize how quickly or not so quickly the marketplace is growing, right? How easy it is to trial and install new apps. Um, you know, I'd suggest in your RFI to ask questions like, how many new marketplace vendors have you onboarded in the last year? Or, you know, something kind of like that. Consistent marketplace growth shows that the platform and ecosystem partners fully appreciate the value and, you know, its power. And this ensures that even in the face of this, you know, increasing change that we've been talking about and uncertainty, um, there will always be turnkey innovation to install and you know, that will fit your needs. And then as far as free trials go, they are so essential, right? Especially for the most popular apps on those marketplaces to be able to make determinations quickly in order to respond to whatever opportunities or threats they're facing. And finally, the last question to look into is what other value does the marketplace offer IT and development pros? One thing I didn't mention when you asked earlier, if you have this platform that offers a full suite of tools, you know, why do I need these different apps? is when a business can utilize a marketplace um, full of turnkey innovation to seize these opportunities and fend off these threats, develop the development resources therefore can remain focused on building what's you know truly unique and what can you know continue to sustain differentiation for that business. Uh, so you know one value marketplace offers IT and you know developers is simply the fact that those professionals can remain focused on doing their job and doing the jobs that are going to have you know the largest impact. You know, additionally, leading marketplaces are offering more and more things outside of just pre-built integrations and applications and things like that that are aimed at you know accelerating even further the time to value for different development projects. For example, at Genesis, you know we've invested heavily in what we call blueprints and templates, which are available, you know, free on our marketplace and are essentially, you know, everything included toolkits, ready to import configurations that provide, you know, step-by-step -step instructions in the code needed for developers to, you know, craft this, these different custom integration bots and things like that. And real quick, the last uh, point I'll make on this is, as we are talking about evaluating a platform and a marketplace is that it's so important for developers to join that evaluation and buying decision, right? They are oftentimes, you know, totally forgotten or maybe brought in at the very end of an, you know, kind of as an afterthought, but developers hold the key to business differentiation. And I think that's really been 
discussed on this TED Talk before, these TED Talk series before, right? They're really the only ones capable of creating, you know, what can't easily be bought in the market. So get them involved early when you're evaluating a, you know, platform in a marketplace so they can understand, you know, what's already there, what they don't need to build from scratch, and therefore what type of customization work they'll be able to focus on later on and, you know, add that differentiation and value. I want to talk more about the apps, but first, because you you brought up uh, brought up the developers, when you're researching apps, who should be taking the lead? Should is it going to be a developer who's saying, "Hey, we have this white space," or is it going to be someone from the business side who's saying, "Hey, we need to accomplish this goal," or a little bit of both? Yeah, you know it's. It's a tough question, and we get that a lot. And we ask business and IT pros, you know, how they're handling that. And quite frankly, there's a ton of different opinions. It really depends on a lot of factors, kind of like you said, the culture of the business. Is it IT led? Is it business led? Um, you know, the problem they're trying to solve. Is it a more technical problem around reliability or compliance, or is it a more of a kind of a business problem around driving? certain revenue related KPIs, things that like that. But really more and more those those different problems are fusing together and becoming more and more related, right? So what I, what I will say is no matter who ultimately takes the lead, and I really think that's probably up to individual businesses, individual use cases, is I'd urge different teams across the business, IT and development to, you know, kind of stop strategizing and buying and making these decisions and building in silos and instead adopt a more kind of continuous co-creation mindset. And there are many companies out there that really understand this principle and are, are, you know, are working to be better when it comes to tossing aside kind of the old ways of thinking and are starting to join forces with different teams to become a more composable business. And they are doing this by placing employees, you know, kind of with different diverse talents and, and different skills into co-creation teams, or I think, I think Gardner calls them fusion teams and you know just basically empowers them to tackle you know what's the most imminent opportunities and threats and you know do so together and companies you know we've seen that companies that have been the most successful in addressing customer and employee experiences this way are increasingly reliable relying on um, sort of these kind of composable platforms and marketplaces that we see around the market so once the evaluations are done once uh, that has been resolved. Uh, what are what are we seeing as the most common, and why? What, what what apps are we seeing most common being picked up on the marketplace, and why why is that happening? Yeah, you know, I've I've been around marketplace, you know, B two B type marketplaces basically my whole career at four different times. Actually, I've been two on the ISV kind of partner side of the equation and twice on the, the platform player side of the equation like I am here at Genesis. My wife would also tell you that I have a lot of experience downloading every golf training app possible on the Apple <laughs> App Store, uh, but that's probably not that terribly relevant. Uh, well, well, it is if, you're, if your phone is actually attached to, do you have an attachment that goes directly on your club? where you can swing your club. You can. You yeah. can get those ones. I haven't dug that deep into it yet. So I haven't I haven't drank the Kool-Aid enough on that yet. But I'm sure that's that's next. I'm gonna say you're gonna be replacing a lot of phones if you get one. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the, maybe it's good. But anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so you know what I what I'd say without a doubt, 
is that it it absolutely totally depends it totally depends and what i mean by it totally depends is on it depends on the current customer preferences the current threat the current market conditions and opportunity the hot technology whatever have you and yes there will always be certain staples you know right in every enterprise marketplace i've ever worked around business intelligence and analytics tools have always been a hot topic they are a hot topic here at genesis but generally as i said it really de depends but that's really the beauty of a marketplace right app marketplaces really help you stay agile and again continue to operate at this increasing you know speed of change uh, one of my favorite examples in my career of this was during the onset of COVID, right? As I, I was working at, a, it was a low-code development platform. And, you know, within basically a week of shutdown, one of the ISV vendors had built a mobile app using this low-code technology that companies could use to, you know, track the health of their employees and contact trace and provide COVID specific updates and you know things like that and it was it immediately shot up to number one basically overnight in that marketplace and was used by hundreds if not probably thousands of companies all over the world so it, it's not only goes to show you how businesses can take advantage of a marketplace to fend off threats but also how ISV partners, right, can be timely on the apps and services that they're making available, uh, you know, on the marketplace and, and catch different technology and market trends and things like that. Now, kind of relating this all back to Genesis, you know, here Genesis and generally what we're seeing, I think generally in the, in the CX space, as far as popular marketplace apps is, is number one, video. So the ability to add, you know, secure video interactions between agents and customers, that's trendy right now, especially in certain, you know, industries and use cases. Again, it's all about delivering those very industry and use case specific apps. Um, you know, telehealth, for example, is, is a big industry using that type of uh, video interaction technology. And I would say number two are CRM connectors. You know, we're seeing more and more companies wanting to integrate their CRM and CX systems more tightly. And, you know, CRM are oftentimes, CRM and CX are oftentimes, you know, the two most prominent technology systems in a company's architecture, right? So the ability to more tightly integrate those two for, an, you know, an improved and a more unified agent experience while taking advantage of the unique capabilities of each platform has, has become very popular. So you mentioned this before a little bit, but I just I just want to talk a little bit more about you know when you're when you've made your way through those many apps and you're you're narrowing it down. What are some of the key things to look for? You mentioned composability, but like, you know, and open APIs. Anything else that's that stands out? Yeah, you know, I think I think the main thing you should be looking for in an app, other than you know, does it satisfy my needs? Does it satisfy my business use case? Is how tightly it can be integrated into whatever platform you're using as well as your you know ecosystem and your architecture in general right you know can it be utilized directly inside of the platform or do you my users need to change systems can i pass you know all the meaningful data intent and learnings etc i need between my platform and this this app that i'm purchasing does this app 
come ready to configure out of the box or am I going to need to devote development resources to get it into production and then you know with that does the app have open APIs or other integration methods so that when I want to innovate further on top of it I can do so and I can do so in a meaningful way to your point gender gender about open APIs you know so I think investigating just how meaningful the app integration would be you know would be is essential because one thing I do caution about in um, you know we haven't mentioned this yet but a lot of this is based off a, a, an article I wrote on genesis.com called evaluating CX marketplaces you know kind of the top three things to look out for it, you know so is that integration just for the sake of integration isn't always wise right you know many IT teams we talk to given these chaotic times, will just kind of frantically extend their existing CX suites with various point solutions and hard-coded custom stopgap type things, you know, without any really sincere thought into the growing technical debt that, you know, that that will cause them. So, you know, to really build a composable, agile business, you must really be deliberate with how you connect these different app systems and, and data in your architecture. You led into the next question, why, and, and you kind of answered it almost. But you know, why is composability such a hot topic right now? And I think you you kind of started to touch on that. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Or I feel like we keep using the phrase "hot topic." Like hot topic. I, I, the the the, That's right. the the store in the mall keeps popping in my brain every time we say <laughs> hot topic. I've never actually been in a hot topic in a mall. I don't know. If why is composability a hole in one? <laughs> um, you know. First of all, composability isn't a store in the mall, like Hot Topic. Um, and it, 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 composability, it's a hole in one, but it's it's not, you know, technology doesn't equal transformation, right? There's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, you know, I guess let's first define composability because we really haven't done that yet. You know, or at least the genesis view of composability, which is we call it composable CX. So composable CX is customer and employee experiences architected for swift, sustainable differentiation in a way that delivers maximum resiliency and agility. And that's achieved through the real-time assembly, combination, and orchestration of individual customer service, you know, and employee experience capability across those kind of building blocks I mentioned earlier, right? Product, marketplace, ecosystem, and development. And a really a simple way to think about it is as Lego bricks for your business, right? That are easily kind of added, removed, changed, and exchanged to create and then evolve as time goes on these, you know, unique, resilient experiences. So it's a hot topic <laughs> among IT because I think they see it as the, the, you know, kind of the strategy for how they're going to make their architecture as agile as possible, right? As we know, agility, it's, it's really no longer optional. These preferences change on a day-to-day -day basis and businesses, and especially their technology systems need to, you know, keep up in order to survive. And, you know, Gardner has also been talking a lot about, you know, how to become a more composable business. And quite frankly, that's probably one of the reasons it's become such a hot topic is because Gardner's talking about it as well. You know, and then, you know, on the business side, I think for business leaders, it's a hot topic for all those reasons I just mentioned, as well as the fact that how IT, 
it's really how IT is starting to develop their strategy going forward. You know, we talk to a lot of IT leaders and almost all of them are describing moving to a composable strategy, whether they can put a really a name on it or not, but that's what they're describing to us. So if, if you're on the business side, you're looking and you're looking to partner with IT to achieve your goals and your KPIs and meet revenue, it's, a, it's an important concept to become familiar with. So everyone's kind of talking, you know, on the same page and can move forward together. Yeah, it also sounds like on the business side, a lot of a lot of business folks, they're looking to stay agile, right? So they can keep up with customer demands, with employee expectations. And so when you have that composability that leads to that agility, you know, you're you're that's a great business benefit. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and a marketplace is such a key part of that, like we talked about. Like, it's you should really look at it as turnkey technology. You can, you know, I'll, I'll start referring to our specific marketplace now, but there are, you know, 200 apps that you can free trial like this and then plug into your business and turn on to, you know, to meet these changing markets and customer expectations and things like that. Um, so it's it's such an essential part of becoming a composable business, having a composable CX architecture that you know remains agile both on the business and the IT side. So what you're saying, it should just be a single click to install these things, not in not a PS engagement, right? Well, in, installing it should be a single click. Now configuring may take a you know to your use case will take some time, but yeah, right, just that single click of enablement, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we covered a lot of ground today, Sam, but anything that we missed that you want to point out? So I guess I'll make a shameless plug for the Genesis App Foundry Marketplace. That's our marketplace we have here. Um, you know, the App Foundry, it's a always growing curated marketplace of experience solutions that includes over 450 ready-made apps, integrations, and other kind of specific services to Genesis Cloud CX. And that includes you know, partner built, built stuff, as well as Genesis built stuff, as well as, you know, stuff that our professional services teams have built as well. You know, and when I say always growing, I mean, I, I think we've had a 100% year over year growth as far as number of available apps is concerned. And remember, that's an important consideration when you're evaluating marketplaces is to see that growth and to see that you're ISV partners and your strategic alliance partners are really valuing your product and valuing your kind of the ecosystem and marketplace that you're creating. Um, and speaking of one click, I'm pretty sure we have, I think about 175 premium apps that you can install in one click. And that's across, I think about 12 categories of different things and use cases. And you know, those premium apps are fully integrated into your Genesis Cloud Envoy. So it's really not separate billing or anything like that. It's very streamlined. Um, and many of those, as we've talked about, are, are offer a free trial. So you know, be sure to check it out if you're looking to compose even better, more frictionless, you know, more familiar experiences. And if you're a potential ISV partner out there listening, feel free to reach out, and you know, we'd love to work together. Sam, you're just bragging at this point. I mean, all those, uh, and that's okay. That's exactly what this is about. I mean, it should be easy, right? Um, that's what that's what a marketplace is there for, right? So. With that said, if uh, you need any more information about the app, it's easy to find on our website. But also, if you need help with your golf swing, uh, Sam's probably got the, the right answer for you there. 
Oh no, that's I. I should be asking that question. Speaking of additional content, Sam mentioned a blog that he wrote, and that will be available um, on the Genesis.com page that this show is on. So lots more information about app marketplaces and choosing the right app available. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Well, Ginger, that was uh, we found out what what app he likes. We, you know, he's a He's someone that downloads golf tutorials, but uh, overall, when we think about how our app foundry and other marketplaces like that can really um, round out the true experience of what you you get in a technology, that is a, uh, that was a, I think we could talk about that for hours. <laughs> I think it, there's so much to go on, uh, so much detail to go into around that. What did, what did you take away from today's show? Well, so Sam shared a few things to look for when you're anal- uh, evaluating rather an app marketplace itself. And so one of the things that he said was to look for the the quantity and the quality of the apps. And then there's consistent growth. You don't want just a handful of of apps up there and it to be stagnant. You know, it should be it should be fresh and new and growing all the time. And a good percentage of those apps should offer a free trial, and a should a good percentage of those apps should be, you know, not literally a one-click connection, but a simple connection. And then the marketplace should also have a way to involve developers more than just, oh, I'm going to download this app. Like, what are they going to learn, and how is it going to help them in their job? Yeah, and if they can impact it in a certain way, absolutely. Well, yeah. I think the thing that I that I that, that we can go back and review would be if we remember from season two, episode nine, we asked the question, "Why is Composable CX the future?" And the uh, he he alluded to that when he talked about the how much we actually incorporate that into our process and then in planning stage 25% of your CX plan and strategy will revolve around these different marketplace apps and that may seem something that that, that that's probably something if we're not using that com- composable CX uh, blueprint that's something that it's easy to remind you that if you're in the evaluation stage of moving to a cloud provider that knowing that the marketplace is going to be that large of a percentage to what you incorporate into that overall solution well, as we close this week's episode of Tech Talks in 20, I want to thank everyone for listening and hope you're able to take something away from today's topic. Before we leave you, we want to remind you to be sure to take advantage of the resources listed below on Genesis.com. Please expand on today's topic and we'll leave you with some additional information. Also, be sure to click subscribe and get notified on previous and new episodes of the podcast and feel free to share with your colleagues and friends. Again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20. 